5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Late Christmas gift from his mom all. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, he's got a safari sort. He's shirtless. He takes it out. He goes through a couple of Chinese moves with it. Grunts a little. Has a pair of shades. He's shirtless, if I didn't mention that. Out like in a field. Yeah, that's wonder- like some Minshew stuff. I wonder, you know, when he said he was going to, he left ECU, he's going to go close to home. I, I'm looking at this field. It looks awfully rural. I, maybe it was in Washington State. I don't know. You know, he's going back home because of family reasons or family yeah, health reasons. And then that's Alabama, and he ended up in Washington. Not Washington, D.C., not Washington, North Carolina, Washington State. Because he wanted to be closer to family. So I'm wondering if maybe the family moved away. I don't know. That doesn't look like Washington State to me. I didn't see any mountains uh, in the background or, or the Space Needle or anything. All right. Uh, welcome in. Nice to have you with us here. Pirates last night, uh, another uh, miserable shooting display. Uh, did show some pulse, so that was good to see. They were uh, kind of fired up and at least acted like they wanted to be there. The bench was, I think, into it. Coaching staff coaches hard still. So, uh, on to Cincinnati, as has famously been said once, right? Yep. Hopefully, uh, it's a little better showing. Unfortunately, I had so, some stuff going on, so I didn't get to see much last night. But uh, hopefully, uh, they can turn it around this weekend. The shots were there. And, you know, they were... Uh, they were good looks in a lot of cases, but uh, just not able to knock them down. Pirates are well below 20% shooting the basketball from three in the last couple of games. But it just was a better effort than, than against Houston and got out of hand a little bit late. Pirates 
hit a couple of late three balls that were inconsequential to kind of make it uh, where it is uh, on the final score from 71-55, 71-54, whatever it was last night. And, uh, you know, again, a couple things here. Team plays a lot better at home, so I hope there's a good crowd. We're going to get a, a beat on the weather with our guy, Podge, Coach Podge, David Sawyer, from Storm Team 9 in about 15 minutes. Just find out what's going on. So I, I think by then there will be no travel issues unless you're going up to Tidewater, Virginia. I just sent TJ Long a snapshot. There's a, a volleyball event up there in the Tidewater this weekend. I think in Hampton. And uh, they're talking about eight inches of snow in some parts of Tidewater, Virginia. So, no, there's a, a lot of uh, teams from Greenville going to play in this event. But anyway, I, I think the snow will be out of here as far as travel issues by the time Sunday rolls around and what little bit we're going to get in the east. And then I, I just hope a good crowd will show up. You know, we've given out some tickets. I'm hoping that some other tickets will be uh, passed out to folks from our station. And, you know, I mean, it's a good – you can get a good deal on, on tickets. Go and buy them and, and go out and support the team. They're good at home. They've played uh, ten and a half games at home really, really well. And won games. And I think the, the crowd had a lot to do with them winning those close games especially and had a lot to do with them beating Memphis at home. But last night, uh, good effort showed Polt showed a pulse. You know, they were they'd fog up the mirror last night if you put it in front of them. So I, I think to just kind of throw your hands in the air and say, "Well, the same old same." No, look, you, this is a team still very capable, and they're about to get to the backside. Last couple games of a really really tough stretch. Cincinnati, the second time, is still part of that tough stretch. SMU still part of that tough stretch. You're going to have Tulane again. You're going to have uh, UCF again. And not to say that they couldn't spring a, a win on the road, but uh, certainly you got to win your home games. And the Pirates, if they can they can win uh, this game Sunday, which I think they can, but I think they'll, they'll be better aided in that effort with what they're able to do as, as far as feed off the crowd, because they are a little banged up right now. They are a little tired right now. We're going to get Cy Seymour on later in the show and get Silas's take on all of this, but it was good to see a little bit of a pulse last night. Uh, Philip, you're like me. When the uh, Tar Heels and Wolfpack play, you, you, you root for maybe uh, the stadium or the arena to just fall into a sinkhole. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, growing up. Oh, no, up, I I root for that. No, I, I know you that. do, but I'm saying for me, I, I don't know if I personally would go that far. I mean, growing up a Duke fan, I didn't totally hate State as much as I did Carolina. Right, so, right, right. You know. Now that I, I came I just, here, I hate them more than I used to, but I, I would never pull for Carolina. Like, it's it State all the way tomorrow. No, no, this is one of the few times of the year I'll pull for the Wolfpack, sure. But I also am rooting for that sinkhole under the Dean Dome. You just, Nobody gets hurt in the stands, just, you know, the concept. Or nobody gets – none of the players get – you don't understand what I'm saying. The, yeah, the it, it, uh, it sinks like two hours before the game. They have to cancel yeah, the game. Yeah, exactly. They can't play it and everybody's dis- – yeah, I like that. I got to give the Tar Heels a little bit of credit here because, you know, they're honoring Roy Williams tomorrow at the game. 
He's been to like every game. You know, it's, it's the guy won't go away. Might might be like a bad STD, maybe. You know, he just won't go away. He's still there. By the way, doing it live today. Do it live. This isn't some, you know, contrary to what some may tell you. Do it live. So, yeah, I mean, Roy Williams is, is kind of like, you know, uh, you know, maybe a bad VD just won't go away. I, I don't know. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm just speaking from what I've been told and what I, and I've read in textbooks. So any other time this year, could they have not honored Roy Williams? Yeah, but they want to do it against State because Casey informed me before the show he's only lost like four times to State. He's got good luck against State, so uh, I think that's he's owned the Wolfpack. Uh, Old Roy's owned the Wolfpack. Yeah, Old Roy owned the Wolfpack, and that's the reason why tomorrow they're going to honor him during the game. I had heard it was going to be during a timeout. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that is really that's, good. That's that's funny. a good one. I'm not sure that's the case. I just, that's what I heard. Even more ironic if it were Hubert Davis taking the timeout they honored him. They're going to honor old Roy tomorrow. And, of course, Wolfpack Nation's just up in arms about this. So, there's for some reason on my Twitter feed, there's two, well, there's three things that pop up with regularity. Um. Sometimes four, but three that pop up with regularity. Old baseball pictures, for some reason, which tells me I must I must be friends with a lot of middle-aged sports writers. Of course, if that were the case, there'd be more Bruce, Bruce Springsteen posts popping up, maybe. But yeah, I think it's because I'm, I'm, I'm Twitter pals with middle-aged sports writers. There's a lot of like vintage baseball pictures that pop up. And I mean, they're cool occasionally to see, but they do become a little annoying. Uh, Philadelphia, I got a lot of Philly sports love on my, my Twitter feed. I don't know what that is. You're friends with those mean old people. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I, Jansen embrace, I get it. Yankee boy and and John Jansen, two guys who are ECU, uh, rather uh, IBX media alums. Jansen's an ECU alum. I, I brace. I'm not sure. I think he. I don't know if he got a degree when he was in the pen. I don't. He wasn't in the pen, but you know what I'm saying. He could have been. But uh, I mean, anyway, those guys. Yeah, I get that. But then there's like a bunch of other Philly-related guys I have, and they're not necessarily sports guys. A couple of them, are, I don't know. So I, I get a lot of that. But then certain times I get, you know, from obviously working in, in Raleigh and I guess working in sports casting, I see a lot of Triangle Sports Media. ACC media, if you will, and their tweets. And so one of the interesting themes this week has been neither fan base really wants to play this game right now. Neither fan base really wants this game to be going down tomorrow. You know, Carolina's probably played with a little fool's gold this week, a little house money because they've been back at home. They're better at home than they are on the road. But, I mean, they've played a couple bottom dwellers of the ACC. I mean, two of the stinkiest of the stinky in what is kind of a stinky league this year. And, you know, State, when they're making shots, and Terquavion Smith is going good, they're, they're pretty formidable, but they didn't make any shots against Notre Dame, and they got beat on the road. Notre Dame's fun to watch, by the way. I think they're a sneaky NCAA at-large team. But, um, I, so 
from that, you know, and, and they know they're going to have whoever state's big man is. Does Casey know this? Because he's kind of a quasi Wolfpacker, isn't he? Whoever the, the, the good big man is for state this year. I he don't said know. their main guy is hurt. Okay, but I mean, who's playing? Who's playing? Who's the big for him right now? Who's the guy who's playing for him right now? He's looking it up right now for us. Oh, okay. I thought as a st- I thought as a kind of a state fan, he would know this. Whoever that big is, or whoever their forward is, that's a, a like a scorer for them, not a guard, like a guy that. Whoever that is, they're going to wind up with with two fouls. I think eight, eight, you know, minute and a half into the game, we know that, right? Yeah, he said the guy's name is Ebenezer Dewana. Yeah, go ahead and mark him down for two as soon as he walks off the bus into the Smith Center. So I mean, I you know, both the, the, there's a lot of dread on the Wolfpack end, even though this isn't Roy on the bench. And, you know, UNC fans in their heart of hearts know that they're playing with fool's gold right now. And that tomorrow's might be kind of the crash back to reality that they haven't really had at home. Uh, so it's going to be interesting tomorrow. I mean, it's it's fun because uh, really the only difference in the fan bases between UNC and State, jersey colors, right? Right. I agree. Casey looks confused over here. He's like, do not count my Tar Heels like those state fans. But, uh, oh, now he's just naming uh, stats over there. Like, like the fan bases has anything to do with the stats yet. Casey's ticks, but I agree. They're both, they both complain all the time. It's, look, it's terrible. I love, I love a UNC fan because they'll recite some history for you. And they're not fans of current history, but they'll, they'll recite some old school nonsense. In a heartbeat, it, which is ironic because they they had you know sham history classes. As much history as they like at UNC, it's funny that they had sham history classes, right? I agree. What was that like? The history of the continent of Africa or something was the class yeah. they were taking. Yeah, yeah, They're sham classes. All right, um, just having a little fun with you, WPN and Blue Heaven. Just having a little fun with you here. All right, we're going to uh, break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, get into a little bit of uh, Pirate Report. Have been able to access. Uh, oh, we got Ben. Okay. Yeah, we need to do that. I, I was thought this segment was a wee short. Let's do our NFL picks really quick. Do we have the music? Ah, there we go. Um, Ben Byron was 3-1 and one last week. So that makes him seven and three. Both Philip and I were zero and four, and that makes us four and six each. So Ben, you're the leader. Go ahead and give us the pick in the uh, AFC and NFC. B, baby Byram. Why? Who are you picking and why? Really quick. I think the answers might surprise you. Uh, I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals for the AFC Championship game, um, mainly because I saw Macaulay Culkin. You know, he's he's Joe Burrow's <laughs> twin brother. He's getting married, so he's gonna be hype over that. And uh-huh. the fact that, I mean, Andy Reid won one Super Bowl, and then people forget who he is. He's still a choker. Um, I, I, I just wow. I, I don't believe in the Chiefs. Uh, they got by the, the they got in by the skin of their teeth. And uh, that defense is legit. Burrow's going to light him up with Jamar Chase. All right. NFC? I'm going to go I'm going to go the Niners. All right. Because uh, Matthew Stafford, he's still got to work that line stank off him. And, mm. um, yeah, I mean, he's just, he just doesn't have much experience in this type of moment. And we've seen at times this year when he faces one of the better fronts in the NFL, he always chokes or he has terrible games. I mean, look back – 
to the Titans game early on in the season, and there's been multiple games like that for Stafford. So I'm going gorgeous Jimmy and the Niners. Gorgeous Jimmy. I like it. All right. Thank you, Ben. Pilk? I guess this probably isn't smart after the things went last week, but um, I'm going to disagree with Ben on both. Uh, despite what we've seen out of Cincinnati, I, I really like the Chiefs. Um, I think that nobody can go toe-to-toe with them scoring. And then on the other side of things, uh, I just don't know. I, I mean, I trust San Fran's defense to kind of do some things to the Rams' offense. Oh, but, there goes Ben. Sorry about that. You want to hear what you had to say. He did not. Um, but he um, – Anyways, no, I, I think they can stop them to an extent, but I don't know if the 49ers offense, if you know, if the Rams stop Debo, which I think they'll, you know, limit him for the most part, uh, won't be able to match with the uh, with the talent of the 49ers. So, um, or sorry, well, the 49ers won't be able to match with the talent of the Rams. And, oh gosh, uh, yeah, now Get that defense, that defense is tough. So I, I like okay, all the Rams. Right, so lost in all of that, KC and LA, right? Yeah, KC in L.A. Oh, good grief. All right, speaking of KC, since he's in the house today, don't you have a basketball game or some kind of sporting event to be working where you don't talk to anybody? Who you got, KC? Um, in the NFC, I got the 49ers, mainly because I picked them in the preseason because of the Super Bowl, so I really can't um, change my opinion Yeah, you can't back it. off that. Yeah, I can't yeah. back on it. And um, I'm going with the Bengals and the AFC because um, Joe Burrow – Team of Destiny right there. Yeah. You like the shades, don't you? Oh, love the shades. Love Joey. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I looked at this and every I mean I I understand what Ben said. I understand what Casey said somewhat. Philip, I I I kind of agree with you, although you lost me, but I agree with you. Well sorry, I had Patrick knocking on the door and then I had Ben or not sorry, I had Thomas knocking on the door and then I had Ben hanging up and it made me lose my train of thought. Award-winning Thomas Waybreck. And, I mean, I, I understand every reason why you would go with the Bengals Niners, but how do you pick against Kansas City what they did last week at home? Yeah, KC by gonna 10. Be, this is KC by 10. This is going to be Burrow's first big-time road game yeah, like this. KC by 10 at least. And I'm going to go Niners. I, I wanted to go against L.A. I'm just not a believer. Seems like every time I'd flip on that late NFL window this year, you would see the Rams losing a close game. And I think it's close, and I think the 49ers win. Because I think the Garoppolo stuff adds to the drama. And will we'll Aaron Rodgers go there? With YouTube All right, Premium, so that's it. You can watch as many videos as you want. Oh, what's going on there? Ads. All right, kill it, Ben. Or, uh, Philip, kill it. Videos. Whoa, Philip! Did I? Did, are you there? Did you, all right. Not a banner. Five. Sorry, minutes sorry. Sawyer was Philip on, Pilking. and I turned the uh, the not headphone banner, volume off. Not a banner. Five minutes for Philip Pilkington. Sorry. Well, I was on. I was Sawyer. Luckily I called us. We got our next guy, and I had him in my ear, but I couldn't because Don't I turned my volume da, down. Da, I couldn't. Da, 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 da. This is what I have to deal with every dang day. YouTube over this. here playing ads in the middle of the stuff. See, this is what I have to deal with every day. Just Philip talking. About what I don't know, just talking. All right, so Ben goes Bengals Niners, Pilkington just talking, KCLA. KC goes Bengals Niners, I go KC Niners. 
Uh, we'll post the picks on social for you before Sunday. All right, uh, we'll be back. David Sawyer, it's going to snow. How much? Storm Team 9 meteorologist will tell us after this. For the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is where the fiesta never ends. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Wednesday for shrimp tacos for only $9.99. Plus, Wednesdays means all Mexican imports for only $2.50. Thursdays, enjoy your favorite beef, chicken, or vegetable fajitas for only $9.99. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. I'm with my health insurance agent, Bill Jenkins. Bill is an employee benefit specialist and life insurance agent from Town Insurance. Bill, give us an update on Town Insurance here in North Carolina. Town Insurance is a top insurance and employee benefits agency in North Carolina and ranks in the top 50s nationwide. We have primary offices in Greenville, Kinston, Wilmington, Raleigh, and now Charlotte. And, Bill, what are areas Town Insurance specializes in? With our experienced account management team, we specialize in employee benefits, including group medical, dental, life, vision, disability, and voluntary options for employees. We compare these options with several of the best carriers in the market and assist businesses on benefit administration as well as employee education and enrollments. And how can a business best contact you to review their employee benefits program? Give us a call, 252-756-8300. Call today as the best time is now to come to town. Time now for an update from Town Insurance. I've got my friend Jim Clement in the studio with me. Jim, great to see you. What's new at Town Insurance? What's new, Henry, is our growth in this state. We have now exceeded $60 million in revenue with 300 employees over both states, Virginia and North Carolina. But North Carolina, our footprint goes from Kerala down to Wilmington, to Kinston, Greenville, Raleigh, and our newest operation in Charlotte. So, Jim, what does that mean for all of your clients and uh, friends in eastern North Carolina? Because of town's massive resources, meaning access to more companies and markets, we are able to serve all of our clients right here in eastern North Carolina with their personal lines, their commercial lines, their life and health needs, or their small business needs. We continue to hear more and more about town insurance, and uh, it's great to have you in here giving us an update today. How about people who aren't doing business with you right now in eastern North Carolina? What would you say to them? Come to town today. What's the telephone number? 756-8300. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. It's a marshmallow world in the winter when the snow comes to cover the ground. Most people uh, confuse this with a Christmas song, which is played during Christmas time. It's a show, it's a song about snow. Uh, Last week uh, we had snow. We've got snow in the forecast again. This thing has kind of bebopped around and shifted from the east and back to the west, back to the east, back to the west. Storm Team 9 meteorologist David Sawyer with us uh, here. Segment with him while we uh, get an idea of what this is going to look like. Uh, And it's uh, great to have you back on. Thanks for doing this again. 
Hey, Patrick, I tell you what, we're it's, uh, <laughs> now running about three weekends in a row with respect to the chance of wintry precipitation and uh, the 94-3, uh, the game listening area. So, yeah, I really appreciate the chance to be back on uh, the show today. And as uh, you've given me the opportunity, I know the ultimate questions, Patrick, that everyone ultimately with snow wants to know is, A, is it going to snow, yes or no? And if the answer is yes, is when, where, and how much? Would you say those are the essential basic questions anytime the snow is forecast in this area? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to ask you, for Greenville Pitt County, is it going to snow? It's going to snow, Patrick. Yes, it is going to snow. However, uh, as as the old meteorologist always has the whatever, right, Patrick? Right. <laughs> um, we're we're talking about a different scenario this weekend versus last weekend. And uh, if it's okay, I'd like to share with our listeners exactly why it's different. Just go around if if you're good with that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lay it out our, for us. All right, here's the deal. We've got a developing low-pressure system off the coast. That's a storm system. The difference this time versus last time is this storm system is going to materialize and really what we call bomb out or really intensify north of where we are, meaning it's going to impact more toward Delmarva, up around Maryland, Delaware, uh, the D.C. area on up toward New York, and then really a big wallop in the northeast, uh, you know, say Massachusetts out to Cape Cod, really going to be a massive winter storm for the northeast, uh, areas north of where we are uh, in eastern North Carolina. So what's going on for eastern North Carolina is we've got the moisture developing. In fact, in parts of the listening area, I've just been looking at the Storm Lab 9 radar, uh, it is raining uh, east of U.S. Highway 17 in the listening area. Uh, for the West, we're still awaiting the cold air. So what's going to happen here, Patrick, to, to uh, put a bow on this particular portion of our visit? The cold air is essentially going to chase behind the developing surface storm system that's off the coast right now. And that's why the chance of precipitation is there. But the amounts of snow will be greatly less than what we saw last weekend because these two ingredients will not come together. They will not couple up right over eastern North Carolina. They're going to phase in or couple together north of us. That's why areas up around Maryland, the Delmarva Peninsula, and uh, up into New York, Connecticut, and uh, Massachusetts, and portions north and east in our country, that's where we're going to see the biggest snowfall north of us this go-round. All right. Um let me ask you this. Uh, it seems like, too, kind of south of Greenville, that area that got a little bit of ice and had some uh, issues last Friday night, uh, rain and maybe a little bit of like a trace of, of snow. Is that pretty accurate? It is, Patrick. And as a matter okay. of fact, uh, as I really appreciated the way you uh, guided our conversation, as you always do, giving us those geographic locations within the listening area. Yes, I will more than happily do that again this time okay. to talk about different locations that you prescribe. Let's now, yes, say south of U.S. 70, where the ice was the bigger concern last weekend. Ice will not be a problem anywhere in the 94-3, the game listening area, this go-round. And the reason why is because the atmosphere is supercooled as opposed to having that warm pocket of air above us which caused the rain to fall into the sub-freezing temperatures. That's how we got the ice last weekend. 
this weekend is going to be rain to start and then transition directly to snow as this Arctic air moves in. So south of U.S. 70, going with a chance of liquid precipitation this evening, uh, light rain showers mainly east of U.S. Highway 17. That would be from Jacksonville to Newburn on up toward Washington and points east south of U.S. Highway 70, including Kinston, Goldsboro, and then southward again toward Jacksonville, just a chance of rain. And then the transition for all of eastern North Carolina, Patrick, I'm going with that transition to all snow after midnight and okay. more likely late tomorrow, late, late tonight into early tomorrow morning is when we'll see the uh, snow potential for the uh, listening area into the early morning hours of Saturday. So uh, did that did that complete your question yeah. with regard to no. what to expect yeah. southward and, for this yeah. uh, this particular event? Yes, sir. Okay, so 70 north up to 264, maybe to 64, which would include Greenville, which include Washington over back to Wilson, maybe Rocky Mount. What is that area uh, looking at as far as accumulation and timing? Yes, what I think is going to happen actually this evening, this is, gives me another opportunity to bring in another little interesting uh, tidbit about this particular storm system. We have very dry air here at the surface. I uh, don't know if uh, this is uh, an issue for uh, the P-man, but Patrick, uh, you know, when it gets really, really dry, hands need the, uh, need, the, need the hand lotion, the, hand, you know, the creams and stuff to keep our, yeah. keep our skin moist, right? Okay, right, well, yeah. the, the air is so dry right now that the precipitation is actually evaporating as it's falling through the sky. But the evaporation, just like when we get out of a swimming pool, out of the ocean, we feel chilly because the water on our skin that's evaporation, evaporating is a cooling process. With evaporation happening as the rain is falling through the sky right now, it's cooling the atmosphere because the evaporation into this very dry air is a cooling process. So that's going to aid in the in the development of the supercooled air this evening. So don't be surprised, Patrick, if you're driving out and about this evening, if a little bit of snow mixes in with the light rain showers. But the bigger snow event is going to come after midnight with the actual Arctic front and its energy that comes through late tonight after midnight. So I'm thinking for the corridor between U.S. Highway 70 and U.S. 264, going to go with a little bit of light precipitation this evening, but a changeover to light snow late tonight, mainly, say, after 3 a.m., and last till about 9 or 10 a.m., not steady, not heavy, but just a chance of off and on snow or snow showers. I'm thinking accumulation less than an inch uh, where it snows a little heavier in this uh, range that you just talked about between U.S. Highway 70, which includes Goldsboro, Kinston, Newburn, which would include Wilson, Greenville, Washington, would also okay. include, say, Rocky Mount over toward Williamston. Gotcha. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, nothing like we had last time, so that's a good thing. And uh, probably uh, it seems like it would melt away, at least off the roadways, uh, fairly quickly this time around, too. Is that uh, kind of what we're thinking with uh, Saturday getting above freezing and then Sunday in the 40s? Yes, uh, good point there, too, Patrick, and definitely want to, to talk about that for just a moment. There will be sunshine Saturday afternoon once this all pulls on out of here. So I am confident that the sun will come uh, back into our skies after lunchtime on Saturday. But temperature is not climbing too much. So whatever is on the bridges and overpasses tomorrow night, 
Patrick, we're going down for, say, the Greenville area to about 16 degrees. It is going to be bitterly cold Saturday night. So anything that is still on our roadways will refreeze quickly. And therefore, I am concerned about some driving issues early Sunday morning and and, uh, doubling back to tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. While it snows, you know, it, it, as it's precipitating, as the snow is falling tomorrow morning, need to also be super careful if you're out and about driving uh, because, Patrick, it will create some travel slick spots, I'm thinking, anywhere in the uh, listening area during Saturday morning. But then going yeah. back ahead, Saturday night into Sunday, we're talking overnight lows in the mid-teens with windshield values near 10 degrees. It's going to be bitterly cold uh, Saturday night, and therefore there could be some what we call refreeze on the roadways, especially bridges and overpasses early Sunday morning before it melts again Sunday afternoon. And I was listening. Of course, I love listening to your program anytime. Hearing you guys talking about the uh, events up in the Tidewater area. Uh, Mm -hmm, Yeah. uh, Would love to. Yeah, if you want to lead on that, too, I'd more than happy to answer those questions for anyone trying to head that way, as you were pointing out at yeah. the beginning of your show today. Yeah, really, really quick, just because uh, we do got to get going here. We got to get to Cy Seymour. But yeah, yeah. Uh, give me give me uh, just, you know, I guess up the 17 quarter, if you're headed that way between 17 and 95, if you're headed in that direction, what are you going to run into? Yes, up in the northeastern sections of that quadrant that you just said, up around Elizabeth City, maybe two to three inches of snow. So that area could actually have appreciable amounts of accumulation. And in the Tidewater area, uh, we're talking about maybe three to five inches of accumulation in the Tidewater, Virginia Beach, uh, Newport News area on Saturday. So not the best conditions uh, for that. And, and refresh my uh, memory on that, Patrick. What is going on sports-wise up that way? Well, it just there's, uh, you know, Greenville's got the volleyball club they have here. I think there's a big volleyball right. event going on Saturday and Sunday. And so, uh, you know, a lot of folks would maybe be going up Saturday. Last I heard, they were still going to be, you know, participating uh, in it. But there are a few parents that, you know, hey, we're just going to run back and forth between because it's not that long of a drive as opposed to staying in a hotel. Right. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So, I, I, that, you know, I know there was a, a baseball camp for North Pitt that they've already uh, – move to another weekend because of uh, the weather. So I, I hope this is, is this the last weekend of this? Are we going to get in the sixties next week? <laughs> we are, but hold on to your hat, Patrick. There is yet no. another storm system no. potentially oh. in the next week and a half. I know you, you just wanted to basically, t- <laughs> you and Philip want to turn the mics off at this point, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, we, we're not done with winter yet, Patrick. And uh, of course, uh, always look forward to keeping everybody posted and, Really appreciate the chance to be on your program to uh, be able to let everybody know what what the latest thinking is as far as the uh, forecast. Gosh. All right. Well, we'll be in touch should we have another one of those. Gracious. Uh, Storm Team 9 meteorologist David Sawyer, thanks a lot. Enjoy the weekend. You too, Patrick. Take care. All right, there he goes. So uh, an inch or so maybe in Greenville. That's uh, good, possibly less. Just sort of depends. But that's that's kind of what they're locking in on. All right, uh, Philip with an update. Cy Seymour joins us after that here on the PJ Show. 
Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports update. Starting with the Carolina Panthers, the team has hired a new special teams coordinator, Chris Tauber, who will bring a, over a decade of NFL experience to the Queen City. The Steelers' GM, Kevin Colbert, says that he will step down after the 2022 season, but may stay with the team in a lesser role. To the NBA, James Harden says he is good to go after missing the, his last game with a hamstring injury, and the league is fining Cole Anthony $25,000 for making a derogatory remark towards an official. Moving on with more in the NBA, the All-Star captains were announced for last night for the All-Star game. They are LeBron James and Kevin Durant. The West starters are LeBron, Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Nikola Jokic, Ja Morant, and the Eastern Conference starters are Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Tomorrow's Tobacco Road rivalry game between State and North Carolina in Chapel Hill will be without a key player for the Tar Heels as Dawson Garcia will be out dealing with a family issue. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Cy Seymour joins the P-Man after this timeout. And Pirates. Oh, yeah. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Turn your car into cash with an instant Kelly Blue Book offer from Barber Hendrick Honda in Greenville. Go online to BarberHendrickHonda.com and experience the Hendrick Fast Pass, where you can buy your next car from the comfort of home. At Barber Hendrick Honda, there will be no payment for 90 days when you finance through Ally, and you may qualify for 0.9% financing on selected models. Barber Hendrick Honda, a proud member of the Eastern North Carolina community at the point of Greenville Boulevard and Memorial Drive. Are you shopping for a new boat but can't find exactly what you want or don't want? Check out Pair Custom Boats in Washington. They custom build your boat with no more or no less than exactly what you want. You can design it yourself with Pair Custom Boats. Towers, T-tops, no T-tops, forward seating, rear seating, or just a flush deck. They can customize your wants and needs in one of their four models. And the big news for 2022 is there are now two new models being introduced this year. The new 25-foot and 27-foot models will be great additions to the Pair Customs lineup. Call today 252-717-7009. Visit the website at pairmarine.com or come see us in Little Washington, North Carolina. That's 252-717-7009 for Pair Custom Boats or visit the website and check out all the models at pairmarine.com. You can sit down and build your own custom built center console with Pair custom boats do you own a timeshare well face the facts you made a mistake you made a bad purchase a timeshare is not an investment it's a money pit that continues forever if you use your timeshare that's great but if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract call my friends right now at the timeshare exit hotline they're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you're ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-289-0413. 800-289-0413, 800-289-0413.
That's 800-289-0413. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. If you want to relive the magic of any of our great shows, past interviews, or explore it for the first time, uh, head over to 943thegame.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast. we got all kinds of podcasts for you. going to be having our uh, Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Cliff Godwin podcast coming up uh, mid-February. So they'll resume there. Uh, check that out uh, each Monday. More on that as we get closer. Uh, you can always relive the magic of the Patrick Johnson Show or discover it for the first time. Whatever works best uh, for you, just uh, go after each show to 943thegame.com and download your favorite uh, uh, podcast that we have in our uh, family of uh, podcast programs. And uh, it's the whole way through. We don't do the best stuff. So if we hit a bad note, we're playing our music here, the real music. So that's, that's the thing. Uh, you hear all the good and, and the bad and the ugly. Uh, and a lot of people have asked about our uh, interview with uh, Chancellor Rogers. It is on there. It was uh, a week ago from this past Wednesday. So check it out there, 943thegame.com, the new 943thegame.com. Cy Seymour is uh, analyst for ESPN Plus College Basketball covering the Pirates. And Cy joins us here on the uh, PJ Show Friday edition as we head into a uh, big hoops weekend. Uh, we'll talk a lot about the pirates and uh, anything else that Cy wants to talk about. Uh, you thought you'd get rid. You thought you'd go a whole week without me, Seymour, and here you are yet again. You can't. You can't get rid of me. Um, Man, I always like talking to you because, like you said, I, Dr. Rogers. You met with him. One. I'm so excited about him being the new chancellor. What a great, refreshing young man, and he's he's going to do a good job. And I'm glad you got hold of him. And I. Appreciate what you do on the air for ECU Athletic. Shout out, too, to Dr. Rogers' dad. He uh, retires this weekend, as I understand. Oh, he is? Oakmont. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he will. Been a really, really good church there. Oakmont yeah. Baptist has done a great job. And congratulations to, to that family. Yeah, that'll be good. He'll get to spend a little more time with the grandkids, I think. Which uh, There you go. He's pro- as you know, Cy, that's just, uh, that makes it worth it, doesn't it? All that. Uh... <laughs> it's the best. How it many grandchildren does Cy Seymour have? We have four. Okay. We have four. Yeah. Luke and Aaron, the twins, and Eleanor and Silas are Marks, and Luke and Aaron are Todd's. And, man, we enjoy every one of them. We love the death. They're so that's sp- a good thing. They're spoiled by Cy and his wife, and then Cy and his wife send them back to their families all sugared up. I love it. That's the, that's the <laughs> thing. I can rock it. Yeah. That's what my parents are doing to my brother and sister, and uh, God bless them. Okay. Well, we're uh, – Talking an ECU's game last night, quick turnaround. Uh, you do have that uh, extra day, if you will, tomorrow to kind of get ready for Cincinnati. And I want to get into that matchup and, and the prep, the preparation, because I don't think people, you know, they just think, all right, go there, come back, play the next game. No, a lot more to it than that. But let's let's put last night to bed. Shots were there; they just weren't uh, weren't close, and they weren't dropping in any any way, shape, or form. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching wide open looks, and ECU from three was six of twenty nine. They hit. It was frustrating to watch. They played hard defensively. They did a good job. You know, you know, with twelve minutes to go, that's a six point game. I mean, and, and it could go either way if you start if you get hot 
And, and listen, they were open shots. They just did not hit them. And I remember one night Joe Dooley said, you know, I'm a better coach when our guys are hitting shots. And they, <laughs> they, they had the open look, and they just didn't hit last night. And uh, just it was really frustrating to watch it because on the other side of it, Memphis didn't light it up either. I mean, no. they, they weren't that great either. They turned it over. There were chances for you to do it. They had 16 turnovers. I mean, you had chances. It was just a frustrating night for East Carolina because there are two games when you look back on. That was one, and also the UCF game. Those are games that you, you really had a shot if you can just turn the corner. Well, Cincinnati, I mean, you get it down to three with three minutes right. to go. Uh, obviously, you've you got to feel like double-digit advantages, uh, as you mentioned, against UCF, but then uh, the neutral floor against Oklahoma. You get beat on a buzzer beater against uh, Temple, who the Pirates will play uh, Wednesday next week. Uh, you know, same thing with Davidson. I mean, you could look at Liberty. I mean, there's there's a myriad of, of games that you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I know we'll probably get accused of looking at this thing through purple uh, you know, lenses, but I mean, this is just, this is how the margin of error is. And, and I mean, look, we know ECU kind of has a slight margin of error right now, even as many strides as coach has made in the program there and the quality of kids he's brought in, but you can't shoot 26% on the road and beat anybody. That's just, it's now, not going to happen. You're just not going to do it. And when it's Memphis, it really takes a, a, a great effort to win on the road at Memphis, even though they're down this year and have the most talent that they've ever had. Look, you're talking about, we're talking about this. You're talking about a group of people that are saying, what is up with Memphis? And, and right. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the great Cy Seymour on the line with us uh, here, Patrick Johnson show gets you to the weekend edition. Newton with uh, 19 points. Last night, uh, again, a little careless with the basketball. He had roughly half of the Pirates' turnovers. He's got a lot on him, though, right now. I, I just, you know, Cy, I, I wouldn't think that at a, at a point this year that, boy, they'd be missing uh, Brandon Suggs this much, but he was playing so well on both ends of the floor when he went out with that injury, and it's had a, it's had a real negative impact on the Pirates. Oh, no, no. He's a 6'6 player. He fits this league. He can defend a two-guard or a three-man, and that's, that's a big deal. He knows how to draw charges. He's got a good mid-range jumper, and he, he's active all the time. Yeah, you, you, ECU has to have every weapon in their arsenal, and losing Brandon, and, and let's hope he'll be back against Cincinnati on Wednesday night, or this weekend, excuse me. I mean, what am I saying, Cincinnati? Let's hope he'll be back on, on Saturday, Sunday against Cincinnati. Yeah. Let's hope he's there. Yeah, you know – the, the offense, especially at some real, I got a little more fluid in the second half, but the first half, they just seemed bogged down at times. And, and uh, you know, Suggs, as Joe Dooley told me prior to the UCF game, he's our best cutter because he just doesn't cut. He cuts with an intent to score. And that kind yeah. of constant motion is something, because here's the thing, and I tried to explain this last night on, on one of the many text chains that I was getting bombarded with. Uh, during the game, and I'm sure you get a lot of text too. Uh, but, uh, you know, Suggs takes a lot of pressure off everybody on both ends of the floor, and you can't double down on Newton and Jackson if Suggs is out there. In other words, you got to play the Pirates more straight up. Exactly. And, and, and listen, the other thing about cutting with a purpose in basketball is important. He cuts with a purpose. 
And that's that's the key to cutting. When you make that back backdoor cut or you make that step, are you going to go set a screen? Are you looking for the basketball? But cut with a purpose and cut hard. Don't go into it light. Uh, and and especially against a team like Memphis, uh, this was a chance to kind of without with the big man out from Memphis. Yeah, you you might have gotten more stuff on the glass last night, but again, it didn't happen. Uh, and and you come home and the bad thing about turnaround turnaround time, you probably got in at two thirty last night. You, the day is a day you look at film and go light, and then you got to practice tomorrow for Sunday's game. There's not a lot of turnaround time. You really lost the day when you're coming back late that night, and it's the right thing to do. I'm glad they got back on that plane and came on back uh, but because they can at least do some things. But it's, it's a, this is the time of year in basketball. Travel really gets you. Well, you get back, you get some treatment for the guys. You get, a, right. get them in there to watch some film and get shots up. And then you can kind of tomorrow, you know, I, I imagine, it, not that it's laid back, in, but, I mean, you're not as compressed. You don't have the class schedule on a Saturday. So having that Saturday day to get ready, I think, is very, yeah. very big. Yeah, and, and sleeping in your own bed is important. Yeah. Getting back and sleeping in your own bed and sleeping in and doing, that makes a big difference. And so, yeah, this is this, it's so get, glad the kids got back. But a 9 o'clock tip is really tough on everybody uh, on that travel team. Trust me, that's tough. Uh, pirate uh, basketball analyst, ESPN Plus, the great size Seymour is uh, on the line with us. Vance Jackson misses a double-double by a point. Would have been his fourth this year. He rebounded the ball uh, pretty well. But uh, right now, he looks like a guy that is not adjusting to what defenses, especially very athletic defenses in this league, are doing to close him out. Yeah. Uh, he, he And I'm sure Coach Dooley's trying to say, do we have to set more screens for him to get through? Because – if he's open, and that's the key to, to Jackson, he's got to take a while to get set. If he's open, he's money. It's going in. And he's got to shoot it. He cannot hesitate. Uh, and so I, I'm sure ECU's trying to do things to get him open because what teams are doing now, they are literally saying, okay, we're he's 6'9". We're going to put a 6'5 guy on him, rush out there on him, and make him put it on the floor. We don't want him to hit the threes, and that's how they've been playing it. So you got to figure a way to maybe stagger screens on the baseline or wherever you want to do it to get him open. And then at that time, he, he's got to fire it. He can't sit around because I'm telling you, he's such a good shooter. They're coming after him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got uh, Cincinnati on Sunday noon tip. It'll be on ESPNU and 94.3 the game with an 11.30 airtime. Uh, so that's where you can pick it up on radio. Let's talk a little bit about the Bearcats. Uh, Cy lost at Temple on Tuesday, so a three-game uh, win streak for them, which uh, started against East Carolina uh, some uh, 16 days ago. That comes to a, a halt. Uh, so they will... Uh, they will come in, you know, uh, the Bearcats will loaded for bear, pardon the pun. Uh, David DeJulius, Jeremiah Davenport are their leading scorers coming in. Uh, but this is just a, uh, a, a gutsy, tough, hard-nosed, you-got-to-earn-everything team. They got a couple of shot blockers in uh, Koval and uh, a Doe. Uh, so they, this is a team that is uh, – I mean, kind of a typical American team, especially on, on, on defense. Well, you you just described their coach. Wes Miller is gutty, competitive, comes after you, 
And, and that's Wes Miller. Believe it or not, we were at his first game when he took over at UNCG. Uh, ECU was playing them. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep, and uh, we got the win because he, he literally took over that day. But you knew Wes Miller was going to do a good job. He, he's got coach written all over. He, is a, he works hard. He did a great job at UNCG. I personally thought that he, you know, he could go by. He did well. He did the right thing. He did a really good job in Cincinnati. And guess what? He's he's going to be successful there. Uh, but things are going to open up for Wes Miller because he is such a good basketball coach. He has the brand of North Carolina on him, which uh, and, and brings some of that stuff in. That, that great hard work, the, the transition game when somebody makes a bucket, they're getting out of there. They're going, and he's got players. Listen, Jeremiah Davenport, the Julius is a really good player. Then they got transfers that came in from the ACC and from his program at UNCG that are stepping up that know his style. And so when you look at his program, the secondary break that North Carolina used to run or matchup zones or solid deny man-to-man defense and transition basketball, and then his own games that he has brought he, he's a he's a tremendous young up and coming coach, and, and he's at a school that loves it and loves basketball. Uh, a great hire and a great coach. And you said they've been winning. Uh, got beat the other day, but but they will come in ready to play. And ECU has a chance to beat that ball club because, as you said, the last game they played, ECU came back just short. Took, you know, so they've got a shot to play well against this team. Vance Jackson had 35 in that uh, in that game in Cincinnati. Now he's got to find uh, get a return to form. Pirates going to have to hit some shots. Look, you know, still not undefeated at home, but only one loss. Pirates are right. still going to be tough at home, and it's a noon deal. It's well before the football games, so I mean, I would I would encourage fans to get out there on Sunday, and the game will be over. Plenty of time to get home to watch uh, the AFC game and then the NFC game. So. I, a, a good crowd is paramount on Sunday. You oh, gotta, it is. Yeah, you got to have a good crowd. You know, I keep saying uh, a, a crowd in basketball and a home court, you know, they say, well, a home court's worth three points. Not in basketball. I mean, at Duke, I think it's 10, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, and at ECU, when it's rocking in Greenville, it, it's worth eight to 10 points with a good crowd. I mean, they they get your players up. All of a sudden, your adrenaline gets going, and I and we've seen it this year with the Memphis game. How those kids kept just got better and better when they could have been worn out. They didn't do that, and so a big crowd is paramount, as you said, to help with this ball club. Um, Sim, uh, obviously Cincinnati, big game. Uh, you and I will be together again middle of next week when Temple comes a calling. Uh, it's almost like the Kinston Vikings are coming with uh, Damian Dunn, isn't it? Ha ha! But uh, uh, to, I, so I got side of crack on that one. That was my goal. I like it. Uh, I like it. So Temple, East Carolina, uh, Wednesday. Uh, good news is Temple, who's I mean they're tough as nails, but they got to go to SMU tomorrow, and that's never an easy task. No, Tim Jenkins has a great ball club over there, and they're playing well. They're in second place. And, and to play them and then get back on a plane and go home and then turn around and come back to Greenville. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just, you got a few days off, but let me tell you, travel is travel. It's going to be, it's going to be messy weather everywhere. Do you get on time? Do you make it on time? Things along that come into play. 
But this is a good Temple team. But traveling during this time of year, back-to-back road game, if ECU will come in rocking on Wednesday night, another chance to beat a Temple team. I mean, you were right in it in the last game. It took a buzzer beat to beat you. The other thing about Damian Dunn, people are saying, you know, well, children, well, listen, when this kid was recruited, Joe wasn't here. I mean, this is this is you got to go back, yeah, uh, years. And, and so this kid, uh, he had, he had transferred to Georgia. I mean, he was down in a high school yeah, in Georgia. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not it's not as easy and cut and dry as people think. I like Dunn. I think he's a really good player, but I'm not sure how much Joe had an impact on this uh, Joe Dooley. Yeah. Um, but but he is a good player. What he is, he is that guy that can take you off the dribble, that can shoot the three, and uh, he he's just a really really special player. And when you look at the game against DCU, I mean let's let's face it, he was ten of sixteen. He was three of six from three and ten of twelve from the line uh, for his thirty three points. And they won by three. So you know everybody talking about well. Jackson got thirty five. You know, well, that's the that's my point. I mean, that's the thing about these teams. Not thirty five, but he had a good night. Not that night, but he had a good night. But the bottom line is, you know, when when I look at ECU, they shot the three ball well. That's what I was really saying. They were seven of fifteen for three, but that game could have gone either way, and and that's on the road. So I think with with Damian Dunn, he can play. Uh, Jordan can play. Jeremiah Williams can play. I mean, when you look at that ball club, Jim White, I think, plays well. I, there were guys that stepped up for them that night that are just solid basketball players. Are they beatable? Yes. But it's going to take a good effort, and it's going to have – you need the crowd there to support your basketball team. Uh, and in February, there's nothing like basketball on a Wednesday night, and there's nothing like it on an afternoon, uh, on a weekend, especially, like you said, it's going to be cold. Go to the game, watch that, and then go back and watch your football playoff. Yeah. And look, Pirates have got to find the touch again from three. Uh, 14.5% the last two games, just 7 of 48. Uh, You've you got to start to shoot the three better, side. And again, no doubt about it. Yeah, we, we know Joe Dooley and his crowd are, are figuring out ways to do that. But they're, they're working hard to figure out how to do it, and they're open looks. I mean, it'd be different if they were contested. But last night against Memphis, there were a lot of open looks that just didn't drop. And these kids can shoot, and they'll work on that. That's what they'll do this weekend. I mean, they'll work on their shots, and, and they'll, they'll work on, you know, their form. And, you know, a lot of keys to the, to the shot is the pass that comes before it. Uh, I, I always say what, the one that drives me the nuts is a bounce pass to the corner or from, a, from a wing or a bounce pass from the point to a wing. When you bounce it, it takes a half a yeah. second off, yeah. and th- and that gives a th- that gives a defender time to adjust and get back on. Uh, yeah, that's where you pass it. If you, you got to pass it to his his shooting side shoulder, you can't you, even in the middle of the chest. You start in the middle of the chest. You got to move it. You got to have it where he's going to get ready to draw it back and go with. It. That's how college basketball. I remember Bill Herrian used to work on that drill alone, hitting him in the pocket where they could shoot it. That's how close it all is. Right. Well, like last night, JJ's three off the wing. I think it was J. I mean, the freshman throws him a, a kind of awkward, weird, low bounce pass. So for him to get it with his right hand, bring it back to him to square his feet and shoot it. I mean, that was, you know, exactly. that, that was a pretty tough deal. I don't know. I know you know what I'm talking about. So, all right. Well, I do. Yeah. 
uh, the great Cy Seymour. Belated happy birthday, Cy. Big birthday well, for you this week. So yeah. are you, you going to be able to enjoy a little, I mean, we like, uh, I mean, you're not really a sugar guy. So, I mean, cake, I mean, how do you, what do you do? How does Cy, uh, hoops, I guess you celebrate with hoops and grandchildren. That's, I yeah. think, what we've established. I did eat a small piece of cake and I had a little bit of, Basically, no sugar ice cream. I did have a little ah, bit. Ah, there you yeah, go. Enjoy life. Have a good time. Yeah. First thing everybody says is, you know, how old did Cy turn? 45? I mean, I swear to you. That's the first thing they say to me. Well, I hope they said 45. They did. <laughs> I, I wouldn't lie to you, Cy. Well, that's, I'm 70, and I enjoy every minute <laughs> of it, and, and it won't change. Turn seventy. You look. <laughs> you look better than I do, and, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm envious. All right. The great Cy Seymour. We'll see you next week, maybe even see you Sunday. You got it, buddy. Talk to you later here. Yep, sure thing. Cy Seymour, there he goes. Big thanks to him. Thanks to uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington, KC, Ben Byram, Storm Team 9's David Sawyer, Patrick Johnson. Hey, uh, coming up this weekend as we go a little OT, uh, Pirate Basketball, Sunday, 11.30 airtime, 94.3 the game. You can listen to the game right here or catch it, I think, on the U. Yeah, ESPNU. All right, we'll see you Monday. Recap Pirate Hoops from the weekend. Recap the championship games and uh, all the college basketball action. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. See you Monday. Put a pause on all of that soft talk. Chop, chop. Tick-tock, you got intro, hands on